How many of you brought your Bible with you this morning? Will you hold up the Word of God all over the building this morning? I want to ask you to join me now in the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 4. The book of Deuteronomy, which will be the fifth book in the Old Testament, chapter 4. Now, I have an old Schofield Bible, and if you have one, that's page number 220 in the old Schofield Bible or the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 4. And uh, so if you'll locate that, I'll read some verses here in just a moment. Then I'm going to ask you to leave your Bibles open and just follow me along here for just a moment. Well, don't forget our service this afternoon at 530. And I sure want to invite you to be back. If you're a member here, of course, we kind of just expect our members to be back. But then if you're visiting, we'd invite you to come back again. And we'll have some more fill-ins tonight. And uh, so it'll be good. And uh, so I trust the Lord will bless us and help us in the service this evening. Deuteronomy chapter 4. If you're there, would you say amen? amen? All right. Look with me at verse number 7. And then we'll have prayer and bring the message. For, listen to these verses now. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse number 7. Now I know, I know these verses are being spoken by Moses to the nation of Israel. But when I read these verses, you're going to think, man, these verses are America up one side and down the next. Look at verse 7. For what nation is there so great? Boy, I'll tell you what, we've got a great nation, don't we? For what nation is there so great who hath God so nigh unto them? Can I just stop and say, hadn't God been close to America through the years? Now, I know, like you, we're trying to distance ourselves from him and even turning our back upon him and deserting him. But I tell you what, through the history, 243-year history of the United States of America, I've got to say, our nation has been great. And I'll tell you why we've been great. Because God's been near us. Amen. Amen. God has been nigh unto us. Now, look again at verse 7. For what nation is there so great? who hath God so nigh to them as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for. for what, and what nation is there so great that hath statutes and judgments uh, so righteous as all this law which I set before you this day? So here is Moses now, and he's just reminding the nation of Israel, boy, God's been near us. And the reason that God has been near us is because we've tried to obey the statutes and the judgments of God. We've tried to live by the Word of God. And then he says this in verse 9, Only take heed to thyself, and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thine heart all the days of thy life, but teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. Boy, what great verses. But you know, Moses, the one thing that he's afraid of as the, as the nation of Israel is camped on the banks of the Jordan River. The, the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness are, is now over. It's time for them to start taking possession of the promised land. It isn't going to be long till Moses dies. The nation of Israel is going to cross over that Jordan River and they're going to start fighting battles in the land of Canaan and take possession of the promised land. But Moses is afraid that when they get over there, the one thing that they're going to do is they're going to forget what God has done for them. You know, one of the things that we could say about America this morning is we are forgetting how good that God has been to us. This is Memorial Day weekend and this day... This weekend is all about remembering. 
So I want to speak on that today. I want to speak about let's remember. Let's pray. Father, bless your word now. Speak to our hearts this morning, please. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, memory is one of the things that we struggle with as we get older. I, I myself find myself oftentimes uh, struggling with, with my memory in these days. I heard about these three elderly ladies who were visiting one day, and one of the ladies said to another one of the ladies, the three ladies that were there, she said, my memory is getting terrible. She said, well, just the other day I was standing at the top of the stairs, and I couldn't remember if I was going up or if I was coming down the stairs. The other said, I know exactly what you mean, because she said the other day I was sitting on the edge of my bed, and I couldn't remember if I was getting up out of the bed or just getting ready to lie down in the bed. Well, the third lady said, you know something, I don't have a problem in the world with my memory. Knock on wood. And then she said, I wonder who that could be. <laughs> we all sometimes, as we get older, struggle with memory. I heard about another couple who was suffering from bad memories, so much the fact that they even went to see their doctor about it. And the doctor said, I don't think there's a, a problem in the world wrong with you other than the fact that, you know, you're just kind of getting older and you're struggling with a, a little bit with your memory. So he said, why don't you do this? Why don't you just start writing stuff down that you don't want to forget? Well, they took the doctor's advice. They went home, and that night, they're sitting in the den, and they're watching TV. And the man says to his wife during a commercial, he said, I think I'm going to go to the kitchen for a snack. She said, okay. She said, well, why are you in there? Would you bring me back a bowl of ice cream? He said, Sure. She said, you need to write that down. He said, I got that, a bowl of ice cream. She said, well, why are you going? Would you put me some of that chocolate syrup on top of my ice cream? He said, I got that, vanilla ice cream with chocolate syrup. She said, you need to write that down. He said, I got it. She said, well, then while you're in there getting that vanilla ice cream with chocolate syrup on, would you spray some of that Cool Whip on there and put me a cherry on top of it? He said, I got it. She said, are you sure you don't need to write all that down? He said, look, vanilla ice cream, chocolate syrup, whipped cream, and a cherry on top. So he goes off. Fifteen minutes later, he comes back, and he's got a beautiful plate of uh, fried eggs and, and bacon uh, on, on the plate, and he hands it to her, and she looks at him and says, where's my toast? Now, listen, those are funny stories, but they do prove a point that we're all too prone to forget. You know, I think many times we suffer from a bad case of spiritual, and in this instance, national amnesia. Occasionally, we have to have our memories prompted just a little bit. You know, the one thing that we find as we move throughout the Bible that God is a God who wanted His people to remember I looked it up. You can check me out. Got my Strong's Concordance down. But the word uh, memory or the word memorial or the word remembrance is found some 230 different times in the Bible. In fact, the Lord just commanded His people on various occasions to do certain things just to prompt their memories in years to come of what He had done for them. I'm reminded of the night that they left the land of Egypt. You may remember the story, and the death, the death was going to pass through the land of Egypt, but God said, hey, here's what I want you to do now to make a distinction between you and the Egyptians. He said, I want you to kill you a sacrifice, kill you a lamb, take a piece of hyssop, take the blood of that lamb and put it over the doorpost of your home, and when death passes through the land of Egypt, he'll see that blood and he'll pass over, he'll pass over you. 
your home will be safe from death. But then God said this. He said, I want you to remember this now as a memorial for years and years to come. And, and so they instituted a feast in Israel called the Feast of the Passover. And all it did was just year by year serve as a reminder of how God delivered them from the bondage of the land of Egypt. You know, I was just speaking a moment ago about them crossing the Jordan River when the nation of Israel came up to that river. Uh, those of us that are familiar with the Bible remember that that river was at flood stage. I mean, the, the river was flooded, and there was no way that two million people were going to get across the flooded-out Jordan River. But God told the priest to do this. Grab the ark, and when you step into that river, I'm going to drive those waters up just like I did the Red Sea. And sure enough, those priests grabbed the ark... By the time they stuck, stuck, the, stuck their toes in the waters of the flooded out Jordan River, those waters just backed up and Israel crossed another great body of water on dry ground. But God told Moses to tell those people, when you get in the midst of that river, I want you to pick out 12 men, and those 12 men are to get 12 stones out of the middle of that river, carry them over to the other side, pile them up for a memorial, and then your children are going to ask you in time to come, what mean these stones? And you tell them what I did for you when you crossed this flooded out river. God wants us to remember. God prompts us to remember. We come across into the New Testament, and we find that God is still in the habit of reminding His people not to forget. You see, God instituted a feast. God instituted a supper. We call it the Lord's Supper. And ever so often we gather here in this church and we take a little piece of bread and we take some grape juice and we eat of that bread and we drink of that juice to remind us of what Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary. God says to the church, don't ever forget Calvary. All throughout the Bible, God was just reminding us not to forget. Well, this weekend in America, as I said a moment ago, is all about memory. It's all about remembering. Now, I know to a lot of people, Memorial Day is nothing more than the unofficial start to the season of summer. You know, to most of us, it's going to be about cookouts and maybe some opening up the pool, or to others, it's about the Indianapolis 500 or the Coca-Cola 500, as the case may be. Or some people are off on vacation this weekend. They've started their uh, summer off with a little mini vacation around Memorial Day. But to you and I, Memorial Day should be so much more than that because it is a time to stop and remember, it is a reminder of the price that has been paid for our nation, for you and I, to sit in the service as we are today, free to worship our God and to serve our God, and it's all because of a price that has been paid in America. You know, I found out that originally this day started out as something called Decoration Day. Back in 1863, in a place called Columbus, Mississippi, this is how this whole thing got started. In Columbus, Mississippi, in 1863, two women went out to a graveyard and decorated the graves of their two sons that had been killed in the Civil War serving in the Confederate Army. And so they decorated those graves as a, a reminder, as in memory of their sons who had given their life in the days of the Civil War. And then one of those mothers left where her son was buried at, 
and she went a little bit up to, to the top of the graveyard and she decorated two more graves up there, which happened to be uh, the bodies, the graves of, of two Union soldiers that had been killed in the days of the Civil War. Well, her friend said, why did you go up there and decorate the Union soldier's grave? Because she said, somewhere up north, there's a mama. Somewhere up north, there's a young wife that is mourning her loss as we mourn our loss. And with that, it started the, it started the wheels of turning to a day in America where we would set aside to honor those who had given their life in service to our nation. Can I tell you something? It wasn't until after World War I that a day of remembrance was actually begun. And then in 1971, President Richard Nixon signed into law making it official that the last Monday of every month of May would be observed as Memorial Day, a time when you and I pause to remember. And that's what we're doing here today. We're just pausing to remember. Moses said, hey, be careful now. When you get over there, and you're going to start living in nice houses that you didn't build. And you're going to start drinking from good, clean water wells that you didn't dig. And you're going to start eating from vines that you didn't plant. You're going to start enjoying food from gardens that you didn't dig. He said, now you be careful when you get over there. Whatever you do, don't you forget the Lord your God that made all of this possible. And I just want to say to all of us sitting in this room today as we celebrate Memorial Day, let's not forget the price that has been paid for you and for me. Can I just remind us all as we sit in this room today, can I just remind us all of three things this morning? First of all, number one, let's don't forget the soldiers who have died for our freedom. Let's don't forget the soldiers who have died for our freedom. Now, we have a little saying that we use around here often that goes something like this. Salvation is free, but it's not cheap. How many of you agree with that? Salvation is free. Thank God you don't have to pay a penny for it. Amen. The greatest thing that ever happened to you has been made absolutely, uh, made it, made, been made free to you through the death of the Son of God on the cross of Calvary. But can I say this? When it comes to our national freedom, our national freedom is free but it has not been cheap. I'm telling you, there are soldiers that have died for the freedoms that you and I enjoy here in America, in this land today. The reason that you and I can, can bring our Bibles and come to the house of God and not have to fear the government busting in on us and shutting this thing down and hauling us off to jail. The reason we have that freedom today is because of the many who have paid the ultimate price for our freedom. I want you to listen to this. In the Revolutionary War, in the revolutionary that launched our country into its liberty and freedom, 25,324 would-be Americans died. In the Civil War, 502,130 uh, people died in the Civil War. In World War I, 116,710 Americans died in World War I. 
In World War II, 408,306 Americans died in World War II. In the Korean War, 54,246 Americans died in the Korean War. In Vietnam, 58,219 Americans died in Vietnam. In Desert Storm back in the early 90s, 363 Americans died in Desert Storm. And in Operation Enduring Freedom, and the last date, I could, the last number I could find was in July of last year, but in July of last year, 2,373 more American soldiers have died preserving our freedom in America. And by the way, that's not not counting all the other wars that our country has been involved in. Did you know in the 243 years this coming July that our nation has been in existence, our country has been embroiled in more than 50 different wars. And if you were to go back and total it all up, you would find that some 1,270,000 Americans have died preserving American freedom and American ideals. And that's not counting the 2.1 million people, other people who have been injured as well. Can I stop and say that all that bloodshed and all of that loss of life just so that you and I could enjoy the freedoms that we have here in America today. We're free in America. Free to pray or free not to pray. Free to worship or free not to worship. Free to speak or free not to speak. Free to assemble or free not to assemble. Free to vote or not to vote. Free to buy, free to sell, free to own, free to live. All because of the, of the buried remains of millions of people who died so that we could have the freedom that we enjoy in America today. Our America, uh, in America today, we've got all kind of wrong notions about who the real heroes of America are today. Listen, the real heroes are not on some NBA basketball court. They're not in some Major League Baseball arena. The real heroes of America are not in Hollywood. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. The real heroes of America are people that have paid the ultimate price so that you and I could enjoy the freedoms that we have in America today. It is the soldier, not the theologian, that has secured our freedom of religion. It is the soldier, not the reporter, who has secured our freedom of the press. It is the soldier, not the protester, who has secured our freedom to demonstrate. It is the soldier, not the judge, who secured our judicial system. It is the soldier, not the businessman, who has secured our freedom of economic opportunity. It is the soldier, not the politician, Politician that has secured our freedom to vote. It is the soldier whose coffin is draped in the American flag who has secured the freedom for those who want to burn or desecrate the American flag. Thank God for the soldiers today who gave their life. And may God, may God help me and you to never, ever forget the price that has been paid for our freedom. As somebody has once said, no one is ever dead until they're forgotten. 
May I, I don't know the names of the millions that have died, but I do know one thing. Those people, we owe a great indebtedness to those people because we are enjoying the benefits of freedom that we have in America today because they were willing to leave the comforts of home and family, say goodbye to all that, and to go to some rice paddy in Vietnam or to some hillside in North Korea or the Normandy beaches in, in, uh, in, in Normandy in France. They were willing to die so that you and I could enjoy what we have here today. If you want to see the real heroes of America, go to the cliffs overlooking Normandy, Omaha Beach, Gold Beach, Utah Beach. Look at those cassettes. Uh, look at those crosses up and down those hillsides. Those are the real heroes of America. Those are the people that we owe a great indebtedness to. And let's don't ever, ever forget the soldiers who died for our freedom. That's what Memorial Day is all about. The soldiers who died for our freedom. But there's a second thing I want to remind you of. Not only the soldiers who died for our freedom, but let's not forget the saints who died for our faith. The saints who died for our faith. You know the road of Christianity is one that has been paved, paved in the blood of its martyrs. In our nation... Let's face it, we don't know much about persecution. God's been good to us, and we, as of yet, have never really had to suffer for the faith. And by the way, I say yet because we know what's coming. Our freedoms are little by little being eroded away with vote after vote in our houses of Senate and Congress uh, with election of president after president, little by little by little, we're losing those freedoms. But as of yet, we don't know that much about persecution here in America. Our idea of being persecuted is not getting invited to a Tupperware party because we're a crazy Christian. Our idea of persecution is not getting invited to a, a barbecue because they're afraid we might want to pray before we eat. That's our idea of persecution, and yet we know, we know that all over this world, all over this globe, there are people who are literally paying for their faith in their own blood. If you were a Christian in the early days of Christianity, it was not a matter of if you were going to suffer. It was just a matter of when. If you named the name of Christ, you didn't have to go looking for trouble because trouble came looking for you. Church history tells us of those who were burnt at the stake, others who were fed to the lines, others who suffered cruel imprisonment. Some were stoned, others were beheaded, many were tor uh, tortured, all because of their faith in the Lord Jesus. In fact, if you'll go and just study this out, in the first 300 years of Christianity, in the first 300 years of Christianity, they were no less than ten severe persecutions that broke out against God's people. The most severe, severe persecution was during the days of a bloody Roman emperor by the name of Diocletian. It is estimated that under the reign of Diocletian that more than one million Christians were put to death in a variety of cruel ways. Yet they died willingly. They died voluntarily. They died laying down their life simply because they would not renounce their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
they would not take a pinch of incense and lay it on the altar and bow and say, Caesar is Lord. What courage they had. What they had to endure. Yet they paved the way for you and for me to follow them down the pathway of persecution. Even today, many are still suffering for their faith. Since 1983, in the country of Sudan alone, it has been estimated that more than 2 million Christians have been killed by the Muslims. In Iran, where Islam is the official religion, any person, and this is Iran, any person who professes faith in Christ is subject to execution from the government. And according to the Open Doors Ministry worldwide, more than 150,000 people are put to death every year because of their faith in the Son of God. Hey, let's don't forget the soldiers who died for our freedom. But let's don't forget the saints who are dying for our faith. We need to pray for people in these countries that are being persecuted. We need to pray for our own country and pray for revival in America because I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, what we're seeing in other countries is slowly but surely coming to America. We're no better than anybody else. I mean, we're no better than the Christians in Sudan. And we better wise up and get our head out of the sand as God's people and as American people and stop just letting anything and anybody come to the shores of America because I'm here to tell you, friend, we are headed in a direction from which there is no return. The saints who have died for our faith. The soldiers who have died for our freedom. But on this Memorial Day weekend, let us not forget the Savior who died for our forgiveness. Amen. The Savior who died for our forgiveness. Those of us that are familiar with the Bible will remember that Jesus, while he was on the cross, he made seven statements while he was dying on Calvary. But one of those statements toward the end of his time on the cross was this one. Jesus cried, with a loud voice, and he said, It is finished. Now, he didn't say, You are finished. He could have. He didn't say, I am finished. But he said this, It. What's the it? It's the plan of redemption. It's the plan of forgiveness. It's the plan of salvation. It is all finished now. You and I can't lift a foot nor a finger to add to what Jesus did upon the cross of Calvary. Forgiveness is now available. Forgiveness is something that everybody needs, but nobody can afford. So Jesus died to purchase it for us. I read this. I don't know if it's true. I read it. You know how you read stuff on those news feeds and Sometimes you wonder, man, did this really happen? But I did read this this week, and I want to just use it as an illustration. The story goes something like this. This young boy had been taken to Washington, D.C. by his parents on a vacation. And while they were there, one of the places that they went to was the view 
the Washington Monument. Well, the little boy stood there and he looked at the size of that monument and he was overwhelmed uh, by the appearance of the whole thing. So he, there's a soldier stationed there, so he walks up to this soldier standing there and the little boy reached into his pocket and he pulled out a quarter. And he tried to hand it to the, young sol to the soldier that was standing there and he said, I'd like to buy this thing with the quarter. I want to buy this thing. Well, the soldier looks down at the young boy and he says, Son, that's not enough. The little boy said, Sir, I thought you might say that. So he reached in his other pocket and he pulled out nine more pennies and put that quarter in his hand and he said, Now, I would like to buy this thing. The soldier said, Son, there's some things you need to understand. The first thing you need to understand is that's not enough to buy this. He said, son, 34 cents is not enough to buy this. He said, in fact, $34 million is not enough to buy this. Number two, you need to understand that it's not for sale. I mean, there, there's no, no for sale sign in front of this monument. It's not for sale. And number three, son, you need to realize this. If you're an American citizen, it already belongs to you. Now, can I take those three things and relate it to forgiveness? Can I say that, number one, you and I don't have enough money to buy forgiveness? Thirty-four cents, thirty-four million dollars, thirty-four billion dollars is not enough to buy our forgiveness. We don't have enough money to purchase our forgiveness. But then number two, we need to realize it's not for sale anyway. Can I tell you something? If God would have fixed the price on forgiveness, nobody would have been able to afford it. We had so offended a holy and a righteous God. You and I were so steeped in debt that we, couldn't, we didn't have enough money to buy it. And if we had had enough money to buy it, God would have said it's not for sale anyway. And then number three, if you've accepted Jesus, you've already got it. <laughs> if you have accepted the Lord Jesus as your Savior, you've already got forgiveness. And let me just say this, if you haven't accepted Him, but if you'll be willing to accept Him, you can have forgiveness today as well. Because God so fixed it in His divine plan, God so ordered it, that it was so high that nobody could afford it. So God said, let me fix it so everybody can have it. I'm going to make it available, and the price is free. And all you have to do today to be forgiven is to come and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. So on this Memorial Day weekend, don't forget the soldiers. Don't forget the saints. But greatest of all, don't forget the Savior. Because when those soldiers, listen, those so soldiers, they stormed those beaches back in 1945. They stormed the beaches of Normandy, Utah, Gold Beach. They stormed those beaches to secure the freedom of those imprisoned people. Can I tell you something? Our Savior left heaven came into this world, 
marched up Calvary's hill and stormed the beaches of Golgotha and died in our place and shed his precious blood. Went to the, went to the tomb for three days, but after 72 hours, walked out of that tomb and said, Now here you go. It's absolutely free. All you've got to do is come and receive it. Let's don't forget. Amen. Let's pray.